This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios above Activate Gaming and is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Red Wings trying to get the sweep. Three seconds left into the zone. The Detroit Red Wings on the stand. Welcome to episode six of the Detroit Red Wing Alumni Association podcast. Got another great show for you today, and I'm very, very fortunate to have back in the chair the incomparable one, the one and only Eddie Meal. What's going on, Eddie? What's up, Newman? You know, we missed you. We had Regner in that chair for a good two weeks, and I'm going to tell you, I need to take a nap every time I talk to him. The only reason you missed them is because you couldn't you couldn't get a word in edgewise, probably. Well, last week between Art and Darren, it was absolutely <laughs> – Darren said I had two talk tokens as we were going into the show. I think he took one of them right away the moment I even opened my mouth. And by the end of the show, I was like, this is our show, right? Uh, but it was great. It was great to have him on. It was great to have Art filling in the chair. But there's really nobody better than number 41, Eddie Meal. Face for radio. Absolutely. In the studio today, we've got a great, great little lineup. Um, I have number 25, John O'Grodnick joining us. Say hello, Johnny. Hello, Numi. How are you? And, of course, with Johnny is his beautiful bride, Betty Ann. We're waving right now. She's not mic'd up. And we also have one of the rodeo clowns of the advertising world. We have Jeff Schneider of Zot Automotive. Zot Automotive is coming on board now as a sponsor. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Newman, thanks for having me. Jeff, tell me just a little bit why you decided to get on board with us cast of characters. Well, I, two reasons. One, uh, Eddie Mio was coming. And the second, uh, I heard there was beer here. Tell them the truth. Newman wouldn't let you be <laughs> right. the night in the alumni room. Right, yes. Newman and, and, was stalking you. Well, you know, and yeah. I, I love him. I got I to gotta just interject here because – these guys do so much. Obviously, 
we'll be back on when they do uh, Joey Kolscher's foundation thing, the softball. Uh, but they just take care of everybody. I just got a nice car from Jeff, okay? He bent over backwards to get it to me. So I'm sure you'll do that for everybody, right, Jeff? Oh, we'd love to. Uh, well, as we, yeah. if well, we go I, along, I, we're going to talk about that. Well, I got a freebie off him. I don't know about you guys. but Freebie? You know? yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> Two-year freebie. You got a freebie too? No way. <laughs> Jeff. There's a lot of freebies I'm going to talk to Thad. Thad's my buddy. So one of the things we did, we uh, we played in East Lansing uh, this weekend at Munn. We played the uh, MSU alumni. Eddie was the starting goal in that game, and I believe, Eddie, you came back with the victory. You had a pretty um, stellar first period there. Well, I, I planned it that way. I played my eight minutes, made a few saves, lucky ones, and got the hell out of there. You know, you're starting to sound like Klima a couple weeks ago when he was talking about the Stanley Cup Finals, and he was like, well, when they needed a goal, they came to me and said, we need goal. And so but I, I didn't, there and I didn't a say goal. that. Did you hear what I said? I planned it. I got lucky with, with the five shots that I had, and as soon as I felt that they were coming on stronger, I bolted. And we let the, the young kid, oh, Sarah, he played great. If I can make a comment, just changing. If anybody watched the Flyer Red Wing game, Eddie, you would have had a heart attack in that, sir. I don't know. You yell at us every time we play bad defense and our alumni. Oh you should have saw that God. game last night. I turned it off first period. <laughs> I felt bad for me. I haven't Rassic. seen a period that bad since my high school girlfriend. Oh. It was yeah. terrible. <laughs> Would you have yelled at them like you yell at us all the time when we make a bad play? Are you kidding me? I yelled at you in 83, 83, 84. Johnny, please. Introduce yourself to me. Get over the uh, the blue line and back check. No, no, you don't get paid for back checking. Yeah, no, it, it was god awful. I mean, you're right, Johnny. It just uh, being in a playoff, uh, uh, you know, situation here. I mean, every game is that important, and they just completely, completely sucked. But they come out flat. That's what surprises yeah. me. You know, Marasic, uh, you know, kind of goofed up on the first goal, and Danny uh, Dukaiju plays unbelievable. He can, um, you know, he was. What we call in the proverbial no no man's land when he tried to go to the blue line and block a shot. And then, of course, poor Erickson, he kind of dished one out in the deep slot right on the flyer What stick do you mean, there. poor Erickson? Yeah. Isn't that kind of his <laughs> M.O.? Isn't that what he does? Everybody beats up on him. That's why I'm kind of def- – well, poor Erickson. <laughs> well, we had Mantha in last night also. Did, did you Liked guys- him. Liked him. He's got size. He's got speed. And I tell you what, for his first game, he showed a lot of confidence out there. And I think they got to get bigger. You know, I – if you're a goal scorer, you got to score goals. And if they got, you know, you know, they, they got a lot of talent there, and it's nothing personal or anything like that. But uh, you know, if you, you know, because some of these guys are on the small side, and you know what? That's their job to score goals because they're not exactly going to go over there and uh, you know play like the LA Kings and knock over defense or you know, or do whatever they're going to do. And um, you know, if you got size, so you, you got to do something that stands out. And uh, I really, um, I thought he was awesome. Big kid, fast, made some nice plays. I thought he was good. Well, they've been waiting for him for a while. Oh, have they? He has not. Yeah, he has not been the player that they thought he'd be right out of juniors. You know, uh, he spent that year in Grand Rapids, but now he's coming up. But I agree with you that <clears throat> we all know that Detroit, for some reason, likes small, skilled players. But you gotta, you gotta look at it. and Gotta change your philosophy, like you say. Mantha's a big boy. Um, I'm not even going to pronounce the kid's name. Anthony, uh, see, yeah. see you. <laughs> and he's he's happy bigger. to see you. And these and these are, I think, in my opinion, these are what this is what Detroit has to get to because you're noticing it now when the ice is 
is not that readily available at playoff crunch. Yes. These small guys are getting pushed right out. So, Well, they, they absolutely got brutalized in the corners last yeah. night. Well, and Philly's a big team. Philly's a very big team. What but, do you think, Jeff? He's thinking about the 2017 model cars coming out. <laughs> I, I, I think that it's not my job to say anything bad about the Detroit Red Wings. Well, you know what? As well, it's not, it's not bad. It's constructive. Bad. Right. It's, it's constructive. constructive. No, if you're smaller, you're scoring 30 goals, you can live with it, or 25. Yeah. But if you're smaller, you only got 12 out there. It's, it's, it makes it a little tough. Let me ask you a question, Jeff. Okay. We've, see, we've seen Nyquist, and he's a talented player. There's no doubt about it, right? But we've seen Nyquist. And now other teams are aware of him. I think he snuck up on a lot of these teams, and he was with his skill level and his quickness, and, and he can score. But now he's not getting that uh, open ice, as we say, and the availability to, to get a shot on net. And I think that's what's happening with Tatar. And uh, that other guy from Michigan, what's the his other, name? No, Larkin. Dylan six, Larkin. Wow, what's he's he done six to one, though. Wow. Well, you're right, though. Because now he's the only guy that's scoring, so they can put a guy on. But so. he's never logged this type of ice time either. Sure. You know that's what. And he's Larkin only nineteen years old. <laughs> I mean, you look break. at Max Domi, you look at Connor. You know, fortunately, Connor McDavid. You know, he well, not fortunately, but he was injured. You know, so he was able to rest up. He's a little bit fresher now than the other two. But at the beginning of the season, you were talking about Dylan Larkin. You were talking about Max Domi, and both of them have kind of fallen off because this is a lot of ice time, and especially somebody. With Dylan Larkin, you're playing on a team that used to rely on Zetterberg and Datsuk, and they're just not there right now. And with Nyquist and Tatar and Glendening kind of doing the ghost act a little bit on that ice, you know, it, it's a lot for the kid. You know, I think the kid's being groomed to be the next captain. Yeah, it's just my opinion. Um, it's just a lot for him to take right now. Wait a minute. Let's not get that carried away. Groomed to be the next captain. He's 19 years old, had a good year. He made the all-star team. The real truth is in what he's going to do in the next three to four years. What I'm saying, and as Johnny will, will, I think, attest to it, that once it gets to playoff crunch, everybody has to put their A game on. And it's not, you can't just, you know, be out there and rely on your skill. There's that factor of that 150%, not just a 99 or 100 anymore. Well, what's, you got to fight through it. Johnny's best comment I think I ever heard. Um, I think you were doing an interview. I've had quite a few, but go yeah. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> can you remember them? No. <laughs> one of the things you were talking about is you can have all the tools, but if you don't have the toolbox, yeah, you got to put it all together. You know, and and, and Larkin has it. You know, and I'm just gonna take a step back here. You know what? Uh, you know, we're being constructive here, but I got to give Tartar, Tatar, I'm sorry, Tatar. Um, I got to give him credit because he made a he made a nice little hit in the corner there and sent the puck out to Datsuk yesterday, and um, you know he, he did a good job there. So got to give him credit when credit's due. Um, but um, no, you have to have uh, you know you know Eddie and I you know as we grew up and you know you you go from junior and well of course Eddie played college uh, college hockey I played junior hockey but you go midget and whatever you get to the next level. And I tell people, I've seen a lot of guys that can skate, they can shoot, but if you drop the puck, you know, they're just not quite there. And, and the National Hockey League's how smart you play the game. And even when it comes to goal scoring, you know what, I, I know it's it's tight. You know, the the way the teams play right now, they put five guys in front of the net, leave their points open and stuff like that. But it all comes down to timing. And sometimes it gets frustrating because we'll have the power play. I know our power play's kind of hurting, but... And I'm not living in the past. I'm just saying when we were at the Rangers, we had the number one power play in the league, and we just played a triangle up high. 
One guy was in front of the net. One guy was uh, off to the side. But we knew after the third pass up high, three guys would be collapsing in the net and they'd be in motion. So the re- when the rebound was there, you weren't standing still. You had a good chance of getting it because you're always in motion. We seem to be spread out. All of a sudden, the rebound's there and they go to get it, but they're coming from a standstill and the other team always beats us and stuff like that. You just, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's really tough to get cute on the power play, you know, the way the game's played now. You know, just speaking of that, Jeremy, and let's go back a little bit. You started with the Maple Ridge Bruins back in 76. That's right. All right. Tell me a little God, bit you about You found that on Google? You found <laughs> that on Google, didn't you? <laughs> tell me. It's called preparation, Eddie. You know, you just can't walk into the studio and then put that. Well, maybe. Well, you yes, can. you can. Did you ever hear of Chilliwack, B.C.? Uh, give it to him. I'm going to guess. No, it's nothing to do with that. I'm give them the Nanaimo bars, one too. The Nanaimo bars. Yeah. Uh, Chilliwack, yeah. I think, is one of the best places where they grow weed in Canada. Oh, Darren McCarty would have uh, yeah, loved yes. that. You know what? It's known for their wheat growing. You said wheat, didn't you? Yeah, sweet. It is known for it. So tell me a little bit then. Tell me a little bit about your junior career and how you made it up to the Red Wings. You know, funny as it is, and you guys are going to howl, you know, or laugh about this. When I played Tier 2 Junior, I actually enjoyed fighting. And I, I wouldn't stand and wrestle. I mean, I'd stand and just throw them. And, uh, you know, I was six six one, about 175 pounds soaking wet. But... Uh, then I, yeah, and this didn't deter me from it, but then all of a sudden I get in this one fight, and uh, this guy's not going down. We're just going toe-to-toe, and there's blood. I mean, my crack my nose, and there's blood from both of us. Ended up being Tory Robertson, and who ended up being an enforcer with the Washington Capitals, but he was actually a couple years younger than I was, and, man, we were just swinging it out. And uh, it was fun. It was exciting to be down there. Um, but, you know what? You question yourself whether you can acclimate yourself to the next level because we'd watch the New Westminster Bruins play, which was our you know main club, and – you know, we had Barry Beck and some of these guys, and they were huge, and they're two twenty, two ten. You know, big guys. You know, and then I got called up later that year in nineteen seventy seven, and um, I said, you know what, I'm one hundred seventy five pounds. These guys are two ten, two twenty, and they know how to fight. I said, I think I'll stick the goal scoring. I tell people I'm not afraid to get beat up. I just want to get beat up in front of twenty thousand people, <laughs> and now it's on video. And I know, no, you'd be playing that a lot too. You know, look at O'Grad. <laughs> Is that why Betty Ann wins most of the fights? <laughs> no, she wins the verbal fights. <laughs> so you win. Eddie, she's Italian like you. Come on. <laughs> uh, that's why I said. I figured she wins all the fights. You mentioned uh, Barry Beck. He was my roommate in New York with the Rangers before I got here in Detroit. And you're right. There was one tough son of a gun. I'll tell you. He, uh, uh, just looking at him, scared you. Oh, he had this great, you know, I was afraid to talk to him. He turns out to be a very nice guy he's once I got to guy. know him. But he's yeah. got this scowl and he's got this this nose and, and just a big, solid guy. And I remember when he turned pro with the uh, Colorado Rockies. Rockies. Rockies at the he time. He went yeah. with the uh, tough guy for the Vancouver Canucks. I was still playing junior hockey. And uh, the guy that was doing sports on TV says, well, this is our new tough guy for the Vancouver Canucks. And um, I can't remember his name. You guys, uh, Eddie, you would know his name if, if, if I could think of it. But uh, – Barry, Barry Beck just ragged all of them on the ice. And, and the sports, you know, in Vancouver, they happened to be visiting Vancouver. And obviously, you know, Vancouver, remembering, you know, New Westminster being a suburb of Vancouver, you know, they love Barry Beck. And they just played it over and over. They rewind to play it again and whatever. But he was tough. But, uh, you know, that slap shot hockey back there too, Numi. I mean, yeah. our guys used to go down there and steal the pucks. The other team didn't have a puck in warm-up. It, it, it was ugly. It, well, it really was. Punch McLean was your coach, right? Well, yeah, and they owned the New team. New Westminster, and they owned the team. And if it was but, slow, you'd yeah. say, you know, brawl, because the fans love the brawling. Go ahead, Eddie. I th- well, I think Barry, as we're talking to Barry, this is the, the powerful uh, attitude that Barry had was, 
He went for six guys in New York. Yeah. It was a six-for-one trade to get him to New York Rangers. Pat Hickey, I think, was involved in it. Uh, uh, Lucian uh, Deblois. Lucien Deblois, uh, Very yes. good players. Six to one. And I don't think it's ever been – I mean, Stevie probably could have got six to one if <laughs> yeah. Mr. I wanted it. <laughs> yeah. I think Scotty wanted it. was Mr. I that yeah, was well, like, yeah, no. Hey, listen, we all remember that time where Mr. I wanted him traded to Ottawa. And they oh, yeah. held off, held off, and then uh, guess what? They win the Stanley Cup. So, and that's uh, history after that. But anyways, so after the Bruins, um, you came up seventy nine eighty. You're splitting time between Adirondack and the Red Wings. So well, this was, is what transpired. You know, I was yeah. playing junior hockey, and you know, and these are just stats because, like I said, you know, I was a goal scorer. I had to score goals. I wasn't a fighter. I, you know, Eddie knows my stick. I'm not a puck handler, shaped like a seven iron. Uh, you know, so my whole game was speed and, and shooting and, and whatever. So 18-year-old, my full first season, uh, Keith Brown and I actually uh, shared Rookie of the Year. You know, I whatever, finished off with like 58 or 59 goals. Next year, I'm not getting as much ice time. Well, Ernie McLean calls me in his office. He says, John, he says, don't worry, you'll go in the first or second round. He says, we got uh, nine other 19-year-olds. I got to get drafted. So I'm by the radio draft year. First round goes by, not picked. Second round goes by, not picked. Third round, not picked. Fourth round, finally picked. As it turned out, Ernie McLean, our coach, was kind of a part-time scout for the Red Wings. There was a lot of guys from the West, and I'm going to Detroit training camp, and they end up in Kalamazoo. So I got um, went to training camp, and I just worked my ass off. And I worked hard, and to this day, and uh, when he passed, um, Richie Crown was uh, doing the eulogy for his dad, Bobby Crown, who was my coach, um, Told me that Bobby Crum uh, followed my career because uh, um, uh, Bobby Crum felt that he was the guy that gave me the shot, which he did. I was working my butt off, and I was so tired we were scrimmaging, and I actually lost my balance before we dropped the puck, and I fell on my ass, and I got back up, and he kind of winked at me. And sure enough, when there was an injury in January of 80, I got called up. Harkness from the darkness goes, John, you're going up for the weekend. I'm saying to myself, I'm not fucking coming back. I got my shot, and uh, you make the most of it. And, and and that's why I tell kids now you get that shot, man. You got to make the most of it. So you were drafted sixty sixth overall. Yes. Who drafted you for the Red Wings? Ted Lindsay and signed my first contract. And as I turned out, uh, some guy just walked into his office and he just says, "What do you want?" And whatever you know. But back then, I think I, I signed for a whopping sixty thousand dollars for my first year. Well, that was pretty. That was real money, especially for hockey back then. Um, so Ted's style was just a little bit different than Jack Adams from what we've heard. Then. Yeah, yes. And then he brought back uh, Aggressive Hockey's back in town. I don't know if Eddie remembers this. I know Eddie's from Windsor, but uh, we had like 110 guys at training camp. Frank Mahovich made a comeback. That was an honor. I got to hang out with Frank Mahovich a little bit and um, Tommy Webster. Uh, Webster and um, i trying to think of some of the other guys uh, that showed up. But, uh, yeah, Ted brought a lot of guys back. And um, it was nice to see those guys. And um you know, to meet him and stuff like that. And uh, it's always exciting to me. You get drafted, you want to play in the National Hockey League, you know. And um, Well, you were going into a new building also. Didn't you – did you start at the Joe or did you start at Olympia? Started at the Joe. And uh, when I called call up in January, if you remember, uh, uh, Detroit actually had the All-Star game and, you know, that movie they made of Gordie Howe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, in that, at the end of the movie they made of Gordie Howe, they actually showed a clip from that All-Star game, which was kind of a tearjerker and stuff like that, which uh, was awesome. But, uh, you know, I was up in the stands on that one, and um, and it was nice. And um, we actually had to practice like 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon because they're still completing the building. So that was interesting. But we played the farewell game in February, 
which was, I'm sure we're going to probably do one with Joe Lewis or Interpro, I believe. I don't know. We'll yeah, see what we'll happens. See. I, uh, I think I played the last game or the second last game at uh, Olympia for Edmonton Oilers, me and Gretz. It was Gretz's first, first year, and then they went right in. It was late November, and I have a CD that somebody gave me. Mickey Redmond is the color, play-by-play. No kidding. Yeah, swear to God. Bring, I'll bring you the second period's kind of rubbed out. <laughs> <laughs> rubbed out. I, and Eddie no, no, Neal, but, I just but Johnny's really right. Johnny's right. When he got here, they had the All Star game, I think, in January, yep. February yep. of 80. And they yep. just moved in late December, if I'm not mistaken. You're exactly and right. We, I think we played one of the last games there. So we're not going to go year by year, but you know you. Well, I just got to make this one last comment, if you don't mind oh, yeah. me saying this. Okay, so what happened was I ended up playing one game in the Olympia, and that was what they call the farewell game. Ironically, we played the alumni team, and I don't know. And if, they were called the old timers back then. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually had the the the, the logo was a wheelchair. Yeah, you know yeah, what? I think I saw a picture you. of Ted yeah. Lindsay wearing something yeah. like that, and he also sat in a chair, and a bunch of the guys were pushing him. To score a goal in that chair on the ice. So I'll be real quick. Anyway, so we played the Olympic game or the farewell game in the Olympia, and I, you know, I hate to say it, you know, over your your show here, but uh, I'm 20 years old. I've never been to the Olympia. I don't know. I don't do not know the history of the the Olympia, the Red Wings. You know, I grew up in Western Canada. I only got Toronto Montreal games, and we walked into the Olympia, and uh, I kind of said to myself, I said, "What is shit? There was rats running around, and it was kind of a dive." But they already closed it for a couple months. You know, what I'm trying to say, and I'm, you know, you're 20 years old, you don't know what to expect. But Bobby Crom took the game kind of seriously, and I just got called up. I didn't want to go back to the freaking minors. I still remember to this day. Somebody centered the puck out to Ted Lindsay in the slot. I felt bad. I took the puck off him. I said, "You know, if if I had some security, I would have said, Ted, take the shot, score a goal, let the fans go nuts." You know what I'm saying? But I had no security whatsoever, and uh, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, you know, over the years, obviously, very quickly, you really learned the history of the Detroit Red Wings, which is awesome. You came out of the gate pretty well. You had 35 goals, 35 assists that season, and then the next season there was a small dip back. But after that. Your goals would go up each year in the 40s. And then, of course, you know, the uh, out of the darkness, you had the 55-goal season in 1985. Well, this is what's interesting is, uh, you know, uh, they put me on a line with uh, Dale McCourt and Mike Foligno. And a uh, pretty good line. And, um, and it's so long ago. I mean, I, no, yeah. I was playing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, he, I'm looking at him going, 85, it was 84. I thought you 84, got 85. That. It was the 84-85 yeah. season. Yeah. When you first played with Stevie in 83-84, you got 40, didn't you? Well, you know what? No. And then the next year, you got 42. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm gonna, he I'm, had 41, then 42. So it's not, see, I'm, I'm going to educate you something here, no, though. No, no. I'm going to educate Newman right now. When you're talking hockey, it's 83-84, 84-85. Don't go 85 season because we don't have that. For the record, I never said 85 season. I you said just said in 85. 85. Then he got nothing in 84? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? He got all 55 in, in 1985? No, in 84. Is that what you're saying? In 84, okay, he got 42. So that's what I'm t- when did this become an Abbott and Costello skit? No well, idea. Because I'm teaching you. Thank you, sir. I'm teaching you and something about that. hockey. So this Go is what transpired anyway. So, I, you, know, I, you know, I was fortunate I played on the line with Dale McCourt and Mike Foligno. And it was a pretty good line. And uh, what happened was they ended up trading Dale. That's when I had the 35. 
And uh, we had no center iceman. And I'm not exaggerating when I said that. And Mark Curtin was my center iceman. Nice kid, nothing personal. We're playing in Calgary. I come up late. I'm going down the wing, right, uh, you know, wide open. He's a left-handed shot. He makes a backhand pass to me. He ends up in the corner. We go to the bench, and he goes, John, you know, I just can't make those passes. I'm not going to try that again. I'm thinking to myself, holy shit, that's my center iceman. You know what I'm saying? That's when I had a little bit of slump. The guy that turned around, 10 years older than I am, Ivan Boldarev. Remember Ivan? Yeah. Our defense were more intimidated one-on-one by Ivan Boldarev than they were with Stevie Eisenman. This guy had a deceiving stride. He would open the lanes for me, and that's when I started having my first 40-goal year. Well, one of the things we're going to get into when we are, uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more with poor Jeff over there who's sitting. And I want to dig in just a little bit more because Eddie and Johnny were teammates, and I want to go into that. One of the other things we're going to do on this show is we're going to try and take some calls. Um, so you can always feel free to call in at 248-579-5295. Going to take a quick break. We'll be back in about five minutes. I'm Thad's out with Zot M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. During our spring clearance event, you'll find the best deals in the D. Jeff, we know that, but we only have 30 seconds to tell the people. No worries. We made it easy by listing every vehicle in our massive inventory with the very best price we can offer on DealsInTheD.com. Like leases starting at $129 per month or new Jeeps starting at $17.9. Thad, we need to hurry. Our 30 seconds is almost up. But DealsInTheD.com is on 24-7, 365. Get there. I don't understand it, and it frustrates me. Why are people still taking drugs, getting injections, and having unnecessary surgeries? Why are you? Are you ready to start living a pain-free life? Do yourself a favor and call Pain-Free Life Centers today, 248-879-1100. For years, you've been hearing me talk about the benefits of laser therapy. It's totally non-invasive, and it's been cleared by the FDA. I challenge you... No, I'm begging you. Give me the opportunity to give you a better quality of life. Call the office today. Come on, what are you waiting for? Start living a better quality of life today. Go to painfreelifecenters.com or call 248-879-1100. We're so confident in what we do, we're going to give you a free consultation and a free treatment. You have nothing to lose but the pain, so lose it. Pick up the phone. Do it now. It's playoff 
again Hey, get your red on The boys are playing to win Hey, get your red on And come on to the Joe Hey, get your red on We got pride, let it show Stand up, give a yell And get into the grind Another chance to get it all Stanley's on our mind Ain't no place for a nervous person. You know, one of the things, uh, one of the reasons we brought Jeff Schneider in today is because that outstanding commercial that we heard to uh, start the break. And Jeff, like I said, we appreciate you coming on. Tell me about the genesis of some of your commercials that you do. Because they're crazy. They're insane. And you got everything with Coser and a diaper to Rod Allen, you know, picking his nose. And I wore a dress once. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> that is, I it was saw hot. that. It was hot. It's a whale of a deal, too. It, it, that. Was. Yeah, it jo- was a dress Joe, Joe a wore a whale suit. He, he didn't know it when he got there. Who comes up with the ads? I, you know, uh, Thad Zott and I, we, we sit down and we, we pick a time to film it, and then we run crazy all week long, and usually the night before we stress out. And, you know, some of them have, have been recut right there as we're filming them. Um, but the idea was just to cut through the clutter. I mean, a lot of the car commercials you see on TV are a guy in a suit telling you he's going to give you a good deal. You know, we dress up, we have fun, and you remember them, and that's what it's about. How many how many ads do you cut monthly? We generally one. Um, sometimes, like well, the one where I dressed up as a woman, we've we've rerun that five <laughs> years in a row because you, you can't outdo that. I mean, you can't. Is that is that why you make all the big bucks? I do. I mean, if Thad got you in a dress. If you're six four two seventy five and you're willing to wear a dress and a beard and a beard yes, and a beard and, and a beard, you know that, that's what you got to do. And you know, I I have a great sense of humor and I, I think it's fun. I think you'd enjoy because you still dress like that here. I did. I mean, I wore my dress today because Newman said that Eddie requested it. Well, after you showed after you showed me the video, I mean, you, you got pretty good legs. I mean, it, it's a nice dress. You got good legs. And a, it's a nice dress, and I'll tell you that we know that Jeff is not wearing underwear. Because we can see the dandruff on his shoes. Right, right, right. (laughs) Jeff, you shave your legs when you put the dress on? Right, all all the way up, all the way up. Jeff, you've gotten Joe Koser, you know, who's got a reputation as a bruiser around this town, to do some pretty um, awful stuff. Uh, How did you get involved with Joe? Uh, You know, friend of a friend, uh, the, the world is a small place and the car business is an even smaller place. and. You know, somebody said he knew him, and I uh, sent that person a message, and within 30 seconds, Joe was calling me, and we started talking, and, you know, I, I just, after talking to him, I realized that 
I think we'd have a lot of fun, and we have. And how did you get involved with the Coaster Foundation? I, you know, with Joe, we uh, started talking. Mr. Zott is uh, really involved at the Ronald McDonald House in Detroit, and you know, our group as a whole, you know, loves charities and giving back to the community. So when we found out about you know what he does and how he does it, you know, we just wanted to be a part. Well, one of the things that we do is we encourage guests to bring a gift for us. So what does Zot have for us today? Brand new car. I was thinking a check. A new car. <laughs> Checks usually work. Uh, but, uh, you know, the the end of the day, what, what we can bring is, uh, you know, if if everybody out there is listening, surf over to dealsinthed.com. Uh, that's our new website. Uh, basically what we've done is there's so much clutter in the world today and people are so busy. They need that information you know, on their phone, in their face. And if you go to dealsinthed.com, every car in our entire inventory is listed with the very best price we can offer, which it, it makes it so easy. You know, you can do it to it in the morning. Um, and we have leases starting at $129 a month. So it's just – it's easy. It's crazy. And uh, we're going to – you know, in April, you're going to see Joe and Rod Allen together in a TV spot. Talking about deals in the D. If I can just say something, you know, Joe, you know, whatever you compensate him for, it, that wasn't the issue. He always wanted to wear a whale's outfit. I, he, it's been a fetish of his for the longest time. And if you remember during the softball the event, Eddie comes out in the whale costume. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Except, that was good. Except, except Jeff didn't tell me that you have to uh, kind of like a chin strap just like you do a helmet. Right. So when I went up to pinch hit for Joey, and Joey's just laughing, I didn't want him to know it was me because we know Mr. Paws, if you ever seen Joey's hands, right. I do not want him landing one of those on me as I was making fun of it. But he took it all in stride. So when I went to swing – it wasn't bolted, well, you know, buckled on, and the whole head flagging, <laughs> and there I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm caught. Sorry. Well, I'd also like but, to say is if anybody wants to stop by our Dodge Star, I was cleaning out a closet the other day, and I found about 200 posters of Joe in the whale suit. In the whale suit. So, you know, and Are I saved signed? them. Oh, well, they can be. Okay. But, uh, but yeah. I also got to mention, if anyone's not been at the uh, Jeep or the Dodge, it is a it's it's a great experience. I mean, even if you're getting your car uh, serviced, they've got the greatest massage chairs that makes your two hour wait or one hour wait or half hour wait, whatever it is. Very and and the coffee they got a cappuccino machine, big screen TV. It's a little area where the uh, well while you get your service uh, your car service. You can sit and 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 yeah and get serviced, right? Yes, and you might they, even, you might even they have, have another they have another spot in the back that you can get serviced, okay? And you might run into Eddie. I mean, okay, you might now run into me there with the whales outfit on. <laughs> with that whale. So Jeff, once again, thanks for coming in the studio. You know, we appreciate all that you've done. We appreciate you being a sponsor. Now we look forward to uh, the interaction going back and forth. Right. And just because somebody just asked, that's the Zot Automotive Group. Uh, ZotAuto.com will show you all four of our stores. Uh, and Deals in the D will show you all the pricing. So thanks for having us. Yep. Thanks, so, Jeff. Johnny, Eddie, you guys played together. Now you guys played together. and Played uh, hockey together. Yes. <laughs> Specify that, okay? Yeah. I mean, we're just talking about getting serviced, <laughs> <Yeah>. okay? <laughs> So, Eddie, you came to Detroit in 83, during the 83 
84 season. Atta boy. You're learning. Thank yes. You, yes. And so, Johnny, you'd already been there. Stevie had just been yes. drafted. Just yeah. drafted. Yeah. Who was, who was Eddie, your head coach? Eddie came into an ugly situation, but go ahead. No, that's what well, I want to. Yeah. Our head coach, I don't know, we had a revolving door. Oh, Nick Polano? Nick Polano was yeah. there, and he had coached you the year before, though, right? Yes. Well, and, and then we got to get to a story John only can tell about the dressing room. And, and uh, yes, John will tell it. I don't want to ruin it. Because he was there, but we kept hearing about it the year after. But uh, we got there in the summer of, uh, well, we were trading the summer of 83. Uh, Ron Dugay, myself, and a, and a guy named Eddie Johnston, uh, Eddie Johnstone, I'm sorry, for uh, Willie Huber, Mike Blaise, uh, Blaisdell, and Mark Osborne. Three uh, first-rounders that they, everybody was kind of shocked that Detroit would kind of get Get rid of them. But, uh, you know, we got here. Hadn't made the playoffs in 17 years. And when we got here, there was a little excitement, but not knowing what was going to happen. But then they put Stevie comes in. They put him on the land with Ron Dugay and uh, Johnny O. And the line, I got to say, just Never give Johnny any compliments. Yeah, I'm, I'm, waiting, okay. I'm on the edge I, of my seat. Here. I never give Johnny any compliments, but we made the playoffs that year solely based on that line. Obviously, we had the uh, troll line that, that did a lot, the third line of Danny Gare, Bobby Mantle, and uh, Dwight Foster. That was an awesome line that contributed, but we all played well. And uh, But I think earlier in the broadcast – Johnny mentioned about a power play in New York. Ours was pretty good that year in 83-84. That power play uh, for the Red Wings with Johnny and Stevie and uh, and Ron Duguay, and when you got Reed Larson on the back end, not knowing where his shot's going, but if it ever did get on, on net, the boys here, as Johnny said, everybody converged in front of the net instead of playing the perimeter. So I got to say, we made the playoffs first time in 17 years, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, first time in 17 years, and and a lot had to do with that year. That's that's how Johnny got to score that 55, because him and him and Stevie and Ronnie played together so well, so well. They were one of the best lines that I've seen in a long time. Well, he had over 100 points in that season, yeah. and you know one of the things Eddie just alluded to uh, was an incident, a dressing room. Johnny, it's teed up for you. Oh, Tell yeah. the story. Okay, well, there's a couple. Are you talking about uh, Jim Schoenfeld? Oh, was that Jimmy or Nick? Are you talk- I thought it was Nick. Are you talking about the dressing room? The umbrella. Uh, the umbrella. Yeah, what happened was, yeah. um, unfortunately, Jim Schoenfeld. Jim, Jim Schoenfeld, I think, is a nice guy. And we go, Betty and I go to New York. We, we run into him. And I, I enjoy talking to Jimmy Schoenfeld. But he was a little frustrated when he came to Detroit because they, uh, they played him as a forward. And he's been known as a defenseman. So the play would be going up the ice. And he, he's always going the wrong direction. And... Him and Nick didn't see eye to eye, so after one game he just lost, and I think he threw a chair or something like that, and he ended up knocking out one of the sprinklers on the on the ceiling in the room. So the dressing room flooded. So the next day, Nick put a little humor in it. He had a pair of uh, rubber boots on, and he came in with an umbrella for our meeting the next day before practice and stuff like that. So that was the story uh, on that. But, um, um, you know, it was, it was funny. You know, it kind of put a little um, – Levity in the situation and stuff like that. So Nick, you know what? And I think Johnny's what we're trying to say is Nick had a great sense of humor and he and he meant well. 
I don't think he was a great coach for us. Um, that's why after two years of making the playoffs, he got fired. Well, you had Harry Neal for a short. Harry Neal is a funny guy. Yeah, We're, you know, you know, you know, the fans would like to hear this story. We're in New York. Oh no! Don't tell them. That. <laughs> you got to. We're now. playing. We're playing the Rangers. So Jimmy D, I think, said something to Harry Neal. Said, "Listen, you got to give these guys shit. Okay, they're playing you know, awful." So Harry, he's a funny guy. I loved him. Okay. So he's going. and He's just saying to each player and saying something negative, 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 negative. And he comes right up right around me. the dressing room. Yeah, right in the dressing room. Oh. He goes, oh, Grodnick, you know what? Somebody runs you once, you're done for the game. So the funniest thing I heard was, and, and I feel bad, I don't care. He's a good friend of Myers, and he, I'll say it anyways. But he, but he goes, and Dwight, if you had enough energy on the ice as you do in the dressing with your mouth, you'd be a hell of a hockey player. <laughs> I don't think Dwight said a word for two weeks <laughs> after that. But the beauty about it is, I talked to Gresh when I got traded to New York. We didn't come up for warmers. What did we catch the last five we had, minutes of warm up? We had five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so the Rangers are warming up, and there is no Detroit Red Wings. Now yeah. they know we're in the building. Yeah. They saw us, and they saw us. We were in an hour and a half before game time. But yet, they're all by themselves out in the ice, right? That's an so, anomaly. I'm telling you, it was and, weird. And, and actually, in, in, in days now, you probably get fined for it. But uh, back then, Wow. I'm telling you, I was playing that game. It was my first game back in New York after uh, – no, not – yeah, pretty much because I didn't yeah. play the other few games. That, but anyways, I'm playing the game, and I got five <laughs> minutes of warm-ups. I think we got beat, what, 6-1 to one that game? I can't even remember. Oh, right we, we, it was awful. I mean, the first period, the guy's like going – we're all looking around and going, um, okay, who's going to tell coach that we have to be out on the ice? And nobody went there. No, I mean, so, this is a national hockey league, but let me, I, if you don't mind, uh, I'm, I'm kind of... No, go ahead. Eddie, you must have been, I mean, you know, you're from Windsor. Did it feel good coming to Detroit? I know we weren't very good, but aside from that... Uh, here's here's the only problem that I had when I found out I was traded. I was, uh, I was in a hotel with Wayne in Toronto. He was doing uh, a commercial, but we were going to go... Remember in the uh, Molson Canadian had that softball... Yes. All the teams put softball teams in Niagara Falls. Yeah. So I was an unrestricted free agent, and Craig Patrick and I were trying to do a deal during the year. I didn't have an agent at the time, but um, I just told him, hey, let's wait till after playoffs. Let's get the playoffs going. And we had a very good playoff. We almost beat the Islanders. But So I'm getting ready to go to Niagara Falls, and Wayne's going to do a commercial and meet me in Niagara Falls. And he said, hey, by the way, he says uh, – Craig's looking for you. And uh, I go, Craig, what, what's, what's he wrong? It's, the season's just kind of over, right? You're right. So I says, okay, I'll call him uh, on my way to Niagara Falls. So I called him and I said, Craig, what's going on? I get traded? Kidding. Kidding. <laughs> um, he goes. Uh, it's funny now. But. Yeah, it's funny now. But yeah. He says, yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah, we've been trying to get a hold of you for two days. We had to call Mrs. Gretzky to find out you're with Wayne in Toronto and I go, are you serious? He says, yeah, you're going to Detroit. I go, okay, boom. Well, the shock of it is, and John will tell you, I think John remembers, that everybody said that when you're near your end of the career, you get traded closer to home. Oh. And that's the, first thing, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Okay, I'm going, oh, going close to Windsor. I might be done. Anyways, it, it, the shock was there because of one reason. We were going from almost 
you know, getting into the Stanley Cup Finals by beating the Islanders the years that they went to the and won, right? We would play them in the division final. We always had division finals back then. To going to a team that was trying to make the playoffs, and I was pretty established only after a year and uh, and a half in New York. It, there was a shock, but once I got to Detroit, met the guy. You know, it, it, it took some time, but even Dugay. We, we, we loved our time in Detroit, and obviously I stayed here. So I, I, I did not mind it after, but there, there was a shock. There was a shock. Just to put a little joke on yeah. it, though, but, you know, <clears throat> somebody told me that you just wanted to get more shots on goal. On you know, You're kind of bored. <laughs> you, want to kind of, you want to get 40 or 50 shots a game? <laughs> I have a friend, Michael Junger, as you know. He, yeah. says, he says, I used to, he didn't know me back then. He yeah. says, and now we're good. best of friends. He says, I used to feel bad for you all the time. I go, why? He says, 40, 45, 50 shots. And uh, you know what? I did get hurt in that first year, and I, and I, I don't think I ever recovered. But Greg Steffen actually came in and, and bailed us all out. Uh, yeah. I mean, when I was down for about three months, Steph came in here and pretty much took over. He, yeah. he, he took over. Johnny, tell me about your trade, how it came down. Which one? Uh, to Quebec? From Detroit to Quebec. Well, this is what's interesting, and um, I'll be real quick. Um, I, I, I had an upper um, – it's a, it's common in football. I had upper uh, sprain of my uh, my ankle in training camp. Didn't even hurt. I got hit along the boards. Heard this pop, and I couldn't skate. And Doc Finley told me, "John, you're not going to be ready till Christmas time." And he was right. I tried to come back too early. I couldn't skate. I couldn't turn. I didn't play well the first half of the season. Then things started clicking and started putting the points on the board and all that. And, and right around December and stuff like that. So you know, we had a morning skate. We're playing in the Nordiques that night. I got it. And. Um, after the morning skate, I don't know if uh, if know me if you know. I know um, Eddie knows uh, Don Murdoch. Had, um, you know, uh, a long his biggest career was in New York and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, so we're talking outside the dressing room, and uh, you got Chuck Demers, who our coach was. And uh, ironically, about uh, two weeks before that, he came up to me and says, "He says, Jean, he says, what's all this stuff I've been reading in the paper about you getting traded to Quebec?" I call it the double lie. Um, you know, he says, that, uh, I said, you know, I'm like 27. I go, oh, Jock, I don't know. He says, he don't worry. He says, I'll never trade you to that froggy city. So I called the double lie. Then we found out, and I don't mean it as an insult. I found out he couldn't freaking read, you know? So I'm like, how'd you freaking read that in the paper? I mean, but anyways, I'm joking, but, um, you know, we're t- it wasn't funny at that time. So anyways, we're outside the dressing room. Doc and I were talking. He's saying, Phil Esposito wants to get you in New York, but Jimmy just says you're untouchable. Well, Demers and uh, Bergeron come out of the dressing room, uh, our dressing room, and they walk by. And the French like to stare. And and I'm not being uh, um, prejudiced or anything like that because my wife is actually um, – I'm sorry, my wife. No, my, my, my mother is actually from France. And I told my mom, I said, you know, the French are a little little different, you know. But they like to stay. And they walk by. And uh, Bergeron just gave me the 20-second 20, 20 stares they walk by. And I go to Doc Murdoch. I said, Doc, I said, what the hell is he staring at? Doc goes, I don't know. So we continue to talk about old times and whatever, and they walk back from the visiting dressing room, and Bergeron's freaking staring at me. So bing, bang, bong, we play uh, Mickey's quote, but we play Quebec that night, and I, right after the game I get freaking traded. And, um, you know, I heard rumors that they had uh, other players that were involved, and at the last minute Bergeron says, no, I, says, I, I want 250 goal scorers. I don't, you know, list, you know so I guess uh, Demers. It was a Demers trade. It wasn't a Jimmy D trade. And Demers said, okay, we'll do the deal. 
But what? Well, I don't want to get because it'll start saying some stuff. But anyways, that that's what I'm. But so basically, I had to train. Uh, I had to change dressing rooms. So I think Eddie has better Devilano stories. You're getting the time out from your wife there. Well, careful. you know, yeah, not the time out. You got to be careful what I say. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Uh, so I go to show, and they love me. You know what? It's the only major spend. You know, let me. I'll cut to the chase on on one thing. One of the highlights of my career when I was in Quebec was the Battle of Quebec in '87. It was exhilarating. We went into Montreal, won the first two games in Montreal. And I've never experienced a dressing room packed with reporters, but that was exhilarating. It really was. We came back. We're complacent. Game three, game four, going to overtime. I go down the wing. I let a shot go from the top of the circle, low stick side. And, you know, back then, most of the goaltenders were stand-up uh, stand goaltenders. And all of a sudden, this toe comes out. And I go, what the frig happened there? How did he stop that? It was Patrick Wad just doing, and I can't, you know. So five minutes later, Matt Snazlin goes the other way and shoots from outside the blue line, beats our goaltender, Goose Gosselin, between the legs, and boom, we go, you know, into um, – it ended up being uh, – go back to Montreal, tied 2-2. We go seven games. I can't remember if it was game five or game seven, but uh, we run into Kerry Fraser at some uh, Ranger uh, functions and golf outings. Kerry Fraser made a call. We scored late in the game. Uh, Paul Gillis is in front of the net. They said he interfered with the goaltender, but – you know, as Eddie knows, and, and uh, you know, back then it was old-time hockey. There was always a – if you're going to call that, you got to call through the whole series. Well, we scored late in the third period. Would have won the series. He disallows the goal. Let's put it this way. When I talked to Kerry, Kerry didn't ref another game in that playoff series. Wow. And it, it just wasn't right. And I'm not being biased when I say it, Numi. I'm telling you, it was nope. an iffy call, and all that shit happened all the time. You know what? And what's funny is I, I still bring it up with Kerry at these golf outings, and he said, John, he said, I still run into people from Quebec, and they still freaking hate me. <laughs> you know, Figure with that, that, with that we, we have to take um, a quick three-minute break. Then we're going to come back. We're going to finish out the show. I'm Thad's out with Zot M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. During our spring clearance event, you'll find the best deals in the D. Jeff, we know that, but we only have 30 seconds to tell the people. No worries. We made it easy by listing every vehicle in our massive inventory with the very best price we can offer on dealsinthed.com. Like leases starting at $129 per month or new Jeeps starting at $17.9. Thad, we need to hurry. Our 30 seconds is almost up. But dealsinthed.com is on 24-7, 365. Get there. Jeff Morton, director of Pain-Free Life Centers of Michigan. Winter in Michigan can be hard on anyone, but it can be unbearable if you're living with chronic pain. The cold, the aches, the slippery sidewalks all feel like they're out to get you, but there is a way to fight back. Pain-Free Life Centers has the non-invasive pain treatment you have been looking for, without the drugs, the injections, and without surgery. Stop your pain today with an FDA-cleared laser therapy that not only fights your pain, it helps heal the source that is causing the pain in the first place. We're so confident in what we do, we offer a no-cost consultation and your first treatment completely free. Stop living in pain and enjoy winter for a change. What are you waiting for? Call 248-879-1100 or visit painfreelifecenters.com. That's 248-879-1100 or visit PainFreeLifeCenters.com today. This is a previously recorded episode. All right, we're about to take it down. Um, it's been another great show. Just so you know what we've got coming up, uh, we're going to send Eddie on the road out to Colorado. Some of the boys are going out there. 
Uh, Friday night, we've got John's game. Uh, Johnny O'Grodnick, they're playing the uh, Westland Wild Wings. Um, that lineup, we're about to go. We're going to have Greg Malachy in goal. Ryan Barnes, Brent Fedick, Peter Klima, Darren McCarty, of course, number 25, John O'Grodnick, five-time All-Star. Uh, Jason Woolley, John Finstrom, Dave Hunsaker, Dean Kolstad, Sergey Harin, Pat Ribble, Weber. Ralph. And Ralph Nilsson <laughs> is coming in. We're, so that's West. That's a good lineup, Johnny. You, Friday you night, up. 7 p.m. at Madonna Ice Arena. And just to interject, out. I, I, I didn't say it's I his did game. say it's his game. Betty yeah. Ann and Johnny O, they've been they've be been behind this for a long, long time. And that's a great lineup considering awesome. five of us are leaving. Yeah, you know, a lot of guys are going to be in steamboat and stuff like that. But uh, and uh, George Bowman, our secretary, just told me that uh, Greg uh, Craig Willannon is going to make it also. Great, we'll add him on. Yeah, to that. So that's Friday night's game. I know tickets are limited, so if you've got a chance, I would get them now. I would not try and do walk up for Westland. Um, it's possible, but I heard today that tickets were. Um, becoming scarce. I did a little promo for that, and and they are really trying to make more room. They made more room last year, but they do a great job. So, anyways, th- thanks for the um, but the if plug. You really, Go ahead, Eddie. Really need a ticket? Betty Ann's got fifty of them. Well, this is Betty Ann's game, also. As much as it's Johnny O's game, it's Betty Ann's game. Saturday. It's all about the wife. That's correct. Saturday, uh, we're in Hazel Park for a six o'clock game for. United Cerebral Palsy, that lineup, it's all the same guys we just talked about, but we're going to switch out McCarty, and we're going to add – no, we're going to switch out – yeah, switching out McCarty, we're going to add Mickey Redmond for that game. That's awesome. So everybody else is going in. Um, I would be remiss in mentioning um, – we had a rough week last week on the alumni side. We lost um, two legends, one a legend on the ice, the other a legend off the ice. Uh, Bill Gadsby, a legendary blue liner for Detroit from 61 through – 66, and then he became the coach from 68 to 70. You know, our thoughts and prayers. But on a on a personal note, you know, Tommy Shaw has been our equipment manager, our trainer, our mentor. Everything that we do um, on the alumni side for over 40 years. Now, the little things, you know, we miss the orange slices and we're going to miss Tommy. <laughs> he passed away on Friday. Uh, we have the funeral tomorrow, but words will never be enough to describe exactly how we feel about Tommy and how much he'll be missed. So with that, here, here. Um, you know, Eddie, hopefully uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks when you come back. We know that you've got the Colorado game and then, of course, the Wayne Gretzky fantasy camp. You'll be at that. Um, it's my it, fantasy. I'm it's, sorry. Is that hockey or? Uh. <laughs> it's in Vegas. It's in it's Vegas. In Vegas so I don't even know. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Once again, we want to thank Jeff Schneider from Zot Automotive Group. Thanks, for Jeff. In. We appreciate Thanks for having me. Oh, I don't have the clap. We, <laughs> I would hope, I hope not. not. <laughs> I would hope not. Yeah. We want to thank Benny Anogrodnik for being in studio with thank us. You. In a no, you got to thank him for getting me here on time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. She did wait, a great job. Say push. Hey, right. wait a minute. You're wait. right. We beat, actually, we beat Eddie Mio. Yeah. Ten minutes early. Yes, thank now you. Now tell the story about John Ogrodnik and at the games. Yes. Uh, if Mr. Ogrodnik is, uh, <laughs> we just know, if the puck drop. I'm seven o'clock. The drop. I'm there at six fifty-five. Eddie's uh, Eddie's looking for Johnny, and Johnny's always walking into the dressing room going, 
Hey, what's up, fellas? Yeah. Five minutes ago, but somehow he does make it on the He ice. does make it. It's I, like he tears it off. He's hardest. like, well, he's, real quick. But Eddie, today Eddie. was ten, 10 minutes early today. And I, w- I went halfway to Kalamazoo and back and got him here basically on time. But it doesn't remind you of Ron Dugan. Remember, he showed oh. up for practice. He would throw his gear on in five oh. minutes. Well, and, and, and here's a funny, how much time we got? Uh, you because got in, the, in New York, Herb Brooks had a rule. You had to be 45 minutes before practice, okay? A game was an hour, so or else you got fined. Ron Duguay went into Herb Brooks' office and says, here's $1,000, you know, to go against all my fines because he's not going to be there. So last two games of the weekend, uh, Eddie, good luck out there in Colorado and Vegas. Uh, Johnny, Miss Ogrodnik, we will see you over the weekend. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Red Wing Alumni. On Facebook, we're the Detroit Red Wing Alumni Association. Uh, we do have memorabilia that we're starting to put out there. We'll have more information. And once again, thanks, Jeff, for coming in. Thanks for having us. Just make sure you check out dealsinthed.com. We'll see you next week. Awesome. Thanks, Numi. This is a previously recorded episode.